What's going on, guys? Uh, we're excited for this episode talking about King of Amherst. Uh, this is Austin, and I'm sitting here with Rob. What's up, Rob? Hey, how's it going, guys? And before we dive into the episode, we're got to talk to you guys about our sponsors. We are sponsored. We are. And our first one up is Triarch Systems. So Triarch is one of our OG sponsors, been with us since the beginning. Um, you can't say enough about their guns and their weapon systems that they make. Uh, I mean, everything just works like phenomenally. Um, some of the best on the market, some of the best I've used. Um, traveled around for a long time with Raul, going to training courses and watched him use and abuse his, and um, their weapon systems are just phenomenal. And we've also got um, the fact that they're custom guns. They're not running out of stock nearly as bad as uh, right. all the, the production guns are. Right. Absolutely. And uh, I mean, it, it, they are on the higher end, but they're but it's not just the price point. It's, you know, the quality of the materials yeah. that are used, the quality of the weapon system. And I know that all the guys here have been using theirs for a long time and beat the crap out of them and they still go and go. So. And so you, we've got uh, the code FIELDCRAFT. We'll get you 5% off. So head over to TriarchSystems.com. That's T-R-I. ARCsystems.com. Right on. And next up is Casey Highlights, another one of our OG sponsors. We've known those guys over there for a long time. Shout out to them. Great dudes. And they've been in the industry for a long time. I mean, 50 years. 50 man. years. And, and they just had their anniversary, I think, for that, right? And, and everyone knows that smiley face on the Jeep or the, the blazer, you know, uh, but some of the best lights in the business. And one of the new ones that they just came out with is the Flex Era 4. Um, super durable. And actually, this one, can it looks like it can be mounted anywhere is what they're going for. Yeah. Um, so grill lights, uh, bumper lights, uh, rear lights, whatever. And we actually just had some really good experience. And Rob was there for us with that at King of Hammers where Derek mounted um, a couple of really good lights to his system and they actually came really in handy. Yeah, we had uh, we had KC highlights on the race vehicle um, and driving out at dark in the desert. Um, we were all running around at night trying to find our way through the desert and uh, it just, it, it's a world of difference. I mean, you just can't say enough about having the proper lighting out there. I mean, it's just like, it, it's day and night, you know, forget yeah. the pun. Yeah, <laughs> but for real. And I mean, KC highlights is, like I said, some of the OGs and they just the, the robustness of the equipment you know, and that they made it through King of Hammers with all their lights intact, even though, um, and you'll see coming up, not a spoiler alert, but a little bit of a spoiler alert. Uh, he rams uh, a truck that's in front of him <laughs> and actually knocks it up a couple boulders and the lights remain intact, which I was actually pretty impressed with. So, uh, but if you go to their website and type in code fieldcraft, that'll save you 10% on your next buy out of Casey highlights. Next up, We've got Haven Tents. We are excited to partner with them. They're a local company and they developed a hammock tent um, that is a complete system. I mean, we're talking, we've got the full tent with the rain fly, the bug net, all of the, the pad the cords, inside, the, the sleeping pad. Yeah, it comes with the pad inside. And, and it's the, the key to this is it lays you flat. So hammocks, you know, when you get in them and yeah. they start folding up around you. Yeah. Uh, they can get uncomfortable yeah. pretty quick. And they're, they're great for just lounging, but it's it's a tough system to sleep in in just a normal hammock. But uh, having the ability to like lay flat because of the, the way that they have these poles that lay it and lay you out um, makes a huge difference yeah. in being comfortable and getting you off the ground. And uh, they're actually, their system is robust enough that I would even sleep in that in the winter months. I'm oh, yeah. probably gonna take one out soon and just give it another test run. We took one out uh, a couple weeks ago, messed around with it, and I was actually, I mean, I've been camping and, and living this lifestyle for a long time, and I was actually really impressed with the quality of the material and as as good as the system actually works, you know, for comfortability. Yeah, and uh, we're uh, carrying those in the store, which we've got the grand opening coming up. Yeah, on the 27th. 27th February, of February, 27th. so you yeah. can get, uh, the tickets are free, but you do need tickets to get in. So yeah. we're excited about that. Just give a little plug for the store because we're yeah. excited to have all the cool products. Totally, in there. man. We, we're, we're getting some of the Flex Aero 4s in there as well. Oh, right Just on. talked to John, and he's he's got them on order. So we'll have a lot of these products that we use, that we that you know support, that support us. Yeah. We're gonna have them in the store. Absolutely, and, and we don't put anything, and we're not putting anything the store uh, just because it has a good margin or it sounds like a great product cool but it, this is stuff that we've used stuff that we've tested 
and beat the crap out of and and use personally. So that's the only way that we're going to recommend something in the store. And so be sure and come out for that grand opening if you get a chance, guys. We're going to have Evan Hafer here from Black Rifle. We're going to have Jack Carr showing up. We're bringing in Timber Knives. They're going to be doing some axe throwing for us. Fire Department, Search and Rescue will come out. Like We're going to have everybody in the community and try to get everybody together, have some good food and good times. Plus a few surprises on top of that. Yeah. It'll be a good time. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, But Haven Tents, guys, code is FIELDCRAFT. It will save you $20 off your bundle for your tent. Yep. And uh, getting into this episode, guys, We this is Mikey and Derek talking who's the driver and co-driver for King of Hammers. Um, and they kind of talk through some of their pre-race thoughts and really like what the mindset is going in, some of the uh, preparedness aspect of it and how survival preparedness ties into use, into the race and what their thoughts are on that side of the thing. It's a, it's, it's a good time. We hope you enjoy. Yeah. Welcome to the Fieldcraft Survival Podcast channel, y'all. I am your host today, Mike Hernandez, here with my ever-so-handsome co-host, or actual host. I don't know. Derek Miller. You could say driver, but then it makes me sound like a servant. Driver? Well, I'm the driver. Man friend? Man friend. There we go. There you go. Tell us about yourself, Derek. So you want me to mansplain it? Yeah, please. Mansplain it. So, um, (laughs) how far back you want to go? I think it's best to start as far back as we can, so people understand. So you want to know like how my parents met, or like uh, too far? A little too far. Okay. So we're at King of the Hammers, right? What what are we doing here? Why why am I have a microphone in front of me? We're at King of the Hammers. We're what, King of the Hammers. Yeah. Right, so mm-hmm. for those who are listening and don't know, King of the Hammers has been billed as the toughest one day race yeah. in the world. Yep. Pretty specific one day race, whatever. Mm-hmm. Now. What's cool about King of the Hammers is that you're going to take your car and you're going to go race 100 miles in the desert. And then after you complete that, you're going to go race another 150 to 200 miles Mm -hmm. in rocks. And so there's not any one car that necessarily has an advantage in the race as a whole. It's also going to test the way the car was built and the way the car was prepped to show up to race. 100. It's going to test your driver's. You're in that seat for eight to nine hours, you know. Um, the race itself tends to have about a 70% attrition rate. So in all likelihood, all these people that showed up and dedicated this time won't even see the finish yeah. line. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, we're in Johnson Valley, California. Yep. In the yep. bottom of like this little valley or large valley. So, so it's a dry lake bed. Dry lake bed. Ultimately. Yep. Yep. So it's a dry lake bed and that's where most of the desert stuff takes place. Yeah. And then all the foothills and mountains uh, surrounding the lake bed um, have a bunch of runoff from the precipitation that does happen. That's what creates all our rock trails. Which change on the daily. Constantly. Yeah. And and it hammers when you have a bunch of people out. You know, all the rock trails are still still open to wheel at night. So So all the spectators bring their rigs. So whatever you may pre-run, like you and I pre-ran today and looked at some rock trails, tomorrow, uh, an hour after we left, that trail is not the same. Yep. You know. And I think that's one of the hard part, even for me, right? Like when I got here, I had an idea in my head. I watched it on YouTube, but you just really don't grasp, grasp the, the scale, right? right? I mean, it's, it's massive. When we're talking about the most difficult race in the world, you're looking at typically, you know, mainstream is, is, is speed, mm-hmm. right? And you're either mobbing through the desert or you're on a track going in a circle or whatever that looks like for you. But this combines speed in the desert, but then on the rocks, and you're crawling, and your rig literally has to survive it in sh- in some shape, form, for two laps for the class we're in. And then there's different classes. Why, why don't you explain that? The different classes and stuff. Right, right. So we've got um, uh, we've starting with motos, okay, dirt bikes. So you have what they call king of the motos. Um, and, and you essentially have guys on dirt bikes yeah. doing more technical trail trails, yeah. not necessarily desert stuff. It's not, you know, big, giant, high, big fuel cells doing, you know, mm. 100 miles in the desert. No, they're doing more technical rock stuff, um, sand stuff. Then the next day you're going to have uh, the Can-Am UTV class. Can-Am's is title sponsor. Um, that class is predominantly going to be Can-Am, Polaris, you know, Arctic yeah. Cat, whoever, whoever's UTV you have that you decided to make into a race car, <laughs> that's what they're doing. Uh, and then the following day on Friday will be what they refer to as the Everyman Challenge. The Everyman Challenge is uh, is a unique group because it's 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 meant for the everyday 
human to come and do this. Mm-hmm. Um, now, granted, as safety requirements and insurance and everything else is dictated in the sport, there's still a large investment into the vehicle to make it past tech to be safe. So even though they call it the Everyman Challenge, you can't just take your trail rig. Your come, Sequoia. And, right, yeah. right. Well, you, well, Sequoia, sure, not common. <laughs> um, yeah, but you can't just take your you know, 98 Jeep TJ and come out here and race. Right. 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 You have to have a certain level of safety. Standards. Gear, safety gear. Yeah. Right. And it's all about safety because at the end of the day, you're in some really gnarly areas that can that can hurt you bad. Yeah. Um, so so and then so the following day will be the actual king of the hammers race. What the king of the hammers race is, is your unlimited class. Mm-hmm. Your guys that have potentially unlimited budgets into their cars. They're not limited on tire size. They're not limited on motor size. They're not limited on chassis design. Pinnacle it's literally technology. whatever they want to build to come out here yeah. and race they can do it yeah yeah that is the cutting edge in the four-wheel drive world of technology so that's where i want to stop you because that's exactly i mean if you're listening to this you're probably thinking why are we talking about racing you know and that's the point when when we're looking at fieldcraft survival and how it transitions or relates to being in the most difficult race in the world there's huge crossover i mean we're talking about vehicle-based movements we're talking about coming out here as every man like the name states right and performing to a standard, right? And there's a huge bit of crossover between the stuff we do in mobility um, and the stuff that we're doing like in, in, in vehicle-based travel to, to racing. And we'll, we'll get into that. But just if, if you're wondering, you know, hey, why am I listening to King of the Hammer stuff right. on the Fieldcraft Mobility right. or on the Fieldcraft podcast? Like, that's the reason why we're here, right? Right. So we can weave that back in. And yeah. it's, so having, having uh, and, and we'll get to the rig, but, you know, I just finished building our race car. And I'm, and I'm going to call it a race car it because is. it's a race car. Yes, it is. Um, but part of building this race car is that it has to pass initial tech inspection from Ultra 4 Racing. Mm-hmm. And they look at certain things, the safety items, right? Roll yeah. cages, roll bar, uh, harnesses, seats, that kind of stuff. But they also require what they refer to as survival equipment or survival I'm, gear, which is going to be food, water, if you have medication yep. or something yep. like that. And the reason they require that is because once we are on course, no one can come on course to help us. There you go. So, uh, you know, the other side of that is um, you have to have a first aid kit in the car. Right. Now, that's as broad as the rule puts it. Mm -hmm. You know, knowing what I know, having been with Fieldcraft for, you know, in and out of Fieldcraft for the last four or five years... Our first aid kit in our car is tourniquets, chest seals, combat gauze, Mm -hmm. things that are going to save our situation. I'm not worried about Band-Aids and a leaf or hangnails, right? right? That's not what I need in my car in terms of a first aid kit. This is we wrecked or unfortunately somebody else wrecked and there's damage to one of their limbs or a puncture wound or something like that. And, And we're fortunate enough to have learned how to use this equipment. Yes. But I think it's invaluable. And people that carry a Band-Aid kit, mm-hmm. you really have Movie to reevaluate kit. what you're right. doing with it. When you said it, you know, there's there's pillars of survival, right? Mm-hmm. We talk about it all the time in Field Cross Survival. We have uh, food, water, shelter, uh, comms, security, um, and med. Med is the huge one that we're, we're, we're talking about right now because when we're looking at racing, I mean, you could get crushed. You could have a crushing injury. Yep. Fire's a real... You it's know, a real thing. It's a real thing anywhere. I mean, you don't have to right. be racing. I mean, I had, dude, I dealt with two fires this year on the freeway, right. you know? Right. Now, so let me ask you that. So yeah. you had, uh, I want to say what, you had like a, uh, a trailer catch on fire mm-hmm. because of the brake drag or whatever. Mm-hmm. Now you grabbed what, like a one pound fire extinguisher? I think it was a little two pounder. Okay. And it was the Marine one from the boat. Okay. So in our, in our car, yeah. we have, uh, we're, we're required to have a two and a half pound fire extinguisher in the cab with us. And then remote mounted somewhere in the vehicle that someone unfamiliar with the vehicle can run up and grab we have to have two more two and a half pound fire extinguishers so that's a total of seven and a half pounds right so now granted that fire extinguisher isn't to stop the fire of the car and preserve the car Mm. it's to preserve life Life. so we're using it or hopefully is used for us to fight back the potential fire to get the person out of the car yeah Right, we're harnessed in. You climbed in Dude. and out today. It takes a minute to get it in and out of the car, <laughs> right? You plug in your comms. We're breathing heavy. It's yep. yeah, it's a lot of mouth breathing. Um, but that's the consideration. And even me, I've trail wheeled a bunch. Um, I'm a pretty prepared guy. 
I do have a fire extinguisher in my rig. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily readily accessible. I couldn't tell you if it's currently charged or not. And somebody coming up, you know, they, they might have a difficult time right, finding right. it. Right, right. If somebody just yeah. had to run up to my rig, they wouldn't know where it was. So that doing this has made me reevaluate that scenario mm-hmm. and that setup uh, and, and even in the shop. Yeah. You know, now that I have these, uh, when we roll into the, the pit stops where fuel is and everything else is, there's actually a safety requirement there as well to have 20 pounds worth of fire extinguisher oh, at, really? at each pit location. Interesting. Yeah. So it's things you just don't think about. No, absolutely. You, you know, know I, I, one of the things that I get a lot when we start talking about fire extinguishers and my experience with them is there is a spe- is there a specific rating that like Ultra 4 wants to see on them or is it? Yeah. So they want to see your ABC. Yeah. It's just everything. standard ABC, everything, everything. fire extinguisher. Yeah. Yep. So you have yep. electrical fire, trash fire oil and gasoline fire correct and that's what ab yep so it's it's combustibles like wood paper uh and then chemical which would be your gas and oil and then and then electrical fire yep yep and so so that helps and then you know you get into the unlimited cars Mm -hmm. and guys that have a lot more money or maybe they have a sponsor for this thing yeah and there's a company there's several companies that do it but they are essentially fire suppression systems that are hard plumbed into the car that's gucci right so so as a driver or co-driver, there is basically a grenade pin you pull, and that's the whole thing goes. The up. whole thing goes off. Damn. The cab is completely inundated, and that's that's the 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 oh crap moment of we're on fire. I need to get out. I need more time, Damn. and that's all that's for in the cab is to buy us time. There you go. Yep. No huge crossovers for survival, like we said. You know, there's there's so many things when you're contingency planning on a normal day-to-day basis that that we train for and everything is just it's just like elevated right when you when you you add speed when you add obstacles when you add the potential for breakages or flipping over or whatever it is that we're going to encounter that's what's so great about the competition portion of this you know is we 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 do these like stress shoots at the end of our you know courses or at the end of the mobility stuff we do like an obstacle and it really gives you an opportunity to train to that standard to manage your mindset you know your adrenaline adrenaline level like what we're talking about when we're walking on there i was looking at this stuff like oh yeah we you know we walked uh one or two rock trails today um just for to see them right we know they're going to change but i wanted you as a co-driver to see the rocks because on race day you're the one that has to get out of the car and run the rock trail while i'm in the car trying to pilot the thing through vehicle sized rocks when we're driving a school bus um and we haven't gotten to the car yet we'll talk about about that it's basically a school bus um slightly smaller maybe a short bus there you go maybe it is a short bus it's perfect for us yeah yeah we're a short bus um austin you're in (laughs) all right yeah short bus so uh so you know it's and and as we're walking it your your anxiety level starts to increase and then you have to calm yourself down yes because as much as it is a race uh we don't need to bail off into the rocks trying Absolutely. to save three and a half seconds to get over a rock and, and hurt ourselves well, and it's a natural response you know in behavioral health we talk about sympathetic and parasympathetic responses and the way your body will naturally do things right and you have you know high speed dudes like mike glover shout out daddy glover shout out daddy love glover you. love you so much which one is and, that is that is that is that big medium or small glover Oh, big. I like no, that. it's the Korean one. It's the Korean go. one. Yeah. We've got the Korean one, the white one, the Mexican one. He's the Korean one. You know, and he talks about how in special forces, they would like, you know, hook him up and they would monitor his heart rate and he would know where his heart rate was at and where who's optimal, you know, and you would get the most amount of circulation and breathing and blood and all that stuff. And that's, and that's great um, that he can do that, but we're not Mike Glover. You know what I mean? Right. Like we're out there managing these things and someone like me who is joining you on this trip you know, I can start to self-identify like we go through the behavioral health process, which is what, what I do for, you know, um, from for my career. And it's just like, holy crap, this stuff is real. I help people on the daily. But when I'm out there looking at a boulder that's the size of the short bus right. and somehow we got to get over this thing over it, around, around it, we're going right. to rub against it. It yeah, starts doing it out of the way. You. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that's the strategies that that you kind of develop and the mm-hmm. communications that we'll have to develop on and, and perfect on race day. And I think we touched on a little bit uh, when it comes to the mobility platform. Um, well, you know, how do you recover? It, right. How do you recover? Well, mm-hmm. what's the high speed variant of that? Yeah. Right. What's the stressed variant? You know, when you talk about um, gunfighting or medical aid, you look at trauma scenarios or or war scenarios where it's high speed. Yeah. Now, we're not necessarily involved in something right now that's life and death, 
But there we is kind of are though. I mean, this if race it, is kind if of, it goes bad, it can yeah, go bad, yeah. right? It can go real bad. But at the end of the day, we're not just you know tooling along on a fire road either. True. So this would be the high speed equivalent of the mobility platform, in my opinion. Absolutely. Right? You know, so agreed. So, you know, winching techniques. Obviously, we all like the closed link. Mm-hmm. That's a little bit slower. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been in scenarios where I had to hook up a winch fast before a vehicle did roll on the trail. The closed link as safe as it is is a little bit slower yeah so right so, so give, that's the trade-off so to give a little idea of what you're talking about because you're you're super knowledgeable sorry sorry, sorry. no it's okay it's so, okay so if anyone's familiar with like factor 55 that's kind go. of their deal right that's their bread and butter they make what's called a closed link so at the end of their winch line there you go it's not an open hook right it's a big awesome piece of aluminum billet aluminum that's a this it's a circle essentially right. and you have to use some sort of a soft shackle so now instead of just simply hooking the hook back on itself yeah or on whatever toe strap you have you now have to use another device to attach it and it either has a like a screw pin Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. a a soft shackle with a rope so it just becomes more processes to be able to connect that connection before you can move or use the winch so it's super strong by nature because it's closed correct but it creates another challenge for us who are competing right to where that just makes it slower or more difficult to deal with you hopped out you hopped out of the car you have gloves you're dragging a winch line now you also have to have a shackle somewhere you know and 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 plus the rope to wrap around the rock so it's a lot of considerations to take in because you're trying to do it quickly in a high stress environment yeah and the crossover for survival is you could be alone you could be with your family Whatever that situation is. It could be is. raining, it could be snowing. Exactly. You've got reduced stuck. mobility in your hands. There you go. You know, what's and and there is a safety factor to the factor fifty five close link. And 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 to they're also they I think it, not a product plug because I don't obviously don't have a sponsor by them. Yeah, yeah. But they now released a hook. So they've got both. The ultra hook. The ultra hook. Yeah. So you've got both options. Right. You've got a quick option, plus you have the closed link option still. Right, so, right, right. You know, we'll, we'll try and track them down later this week no, and see absolutely. if we can finagle one absolutely. of those. You know, and they're one of my partners, right, on, okay. on my truck, on the Gladiator, for you guys who, who know um, and have seen it on our other sources. But it is a really great company who not only creates a great product, but they're upfront with like their quality testing. Like they break their stuff constantly. If you look them up on YouTube and they'll show, look, yeah. this is why this is stronger. Stress test to Stre- failure. They do, man, to yep. failure. And those things do incredible, incredible things. Yeah. And in, in a very small package, like I would never guess they have. Right. And so yeah. so for someone who's built our, our race car, the mm-hmm. King of the Hammers is that stress test to failure. Yeah. You know, um, we've been out here <clears throat> for almost a week now. Uh, and I and I had a pretty good failure on the car and had to rebuild some stuff and we're not even we're not even we're, n- we're not even three days yeah. from race day yet yeah so that's that stress test and that's um, a good friend of mine Kevin Jones who's also racing uh, with us um, has a theory or a, a way to explain it when you're putting your car together and when you're getting ready to come out here it's so so important to look at the nuts and bolts of your car Hmm. Uh, if you've got something that's a little bit loose not a problem when you're driving to work every day Mm -hmm. once you come out here that little bit loose you know you think of it like a little hammer like if anyone's ever seen the movie shawshank redemption the little tiny rock hammer right right the little tiny hammer well once you're bombing through the desert and hitting these big whoops those little hammers become big hammers yeah and big hammers break stuff 100 so that's that that's that nut and bolt check you know yeah. night before the race we're going to sit down we're going to do a nut and bolt check on the rig we're going to mark everything that it's tight that we went through it that we put hands on it and then the marking paint that we use on those bolts when we come into our pit stops mm-hmm. our pit team can look at it and visually see that they that paint see is still where it was or that paint has now cracked which means that bolt has moved or that nut has moved so i, I love that you're saying that because that's the mechanics proponent of like your knowledge base right you need to understand one I chose, you know, a Jeep or a Tacoma or whatever it is that I'm driving on the daily. And this is my mobility platform. You have to have a basic working knowledge of your rig, how it's set up, what could potentially go on, what you need to maintenance. Right. And those are foundational pieces as we're going through, you know, staples of survival. Like I said, food, food, water, shelter comes, you know, med and all that stuff. You know, mechanics is a huge portion of that. And I think it's overlooked, right? Absolutely. And I, and I think you have, I think you have a, a large section of people, and and to no fault of their own, but are brand biased, right? Yeah. I bought a Jeep because of this. It's I bought fine. a Toyota because of that. It's and and you think 
they're the best choice and they're yeah. probably the best choice for you. Yeah. But at the end of the day, the best choice is a well taken care of vehicle. And you're responsible right? for that, not Jeep. Toyota, Toyota, your yeah. Jeep, your Chevy, your Ford, your Dodge, whatever. Yeah. If you're not taking care of it, mm-hmm. it's going to leave you stranded. It's not going to take care of you. You and know, that's that's one of the things, too. Like in the beginning, uh, the, the what is it? The Footcraft Mobility um, uh, Bug Out Basics course that we do. You know, there's a lot of people when we ask. And again, it's no fault of their own. They just don't know what they don't know. Right. Uh, we'll ask, uh, have you ever done an oil change? And I'll get maybe one hand, you right. know, maybe two hands right. out of the, the 10 or 15 rigs hey, that we at have. At the there. very least, pull the dipstick at, before yes. you leave the di- before you leave for the trip. Check fluids. Make sure it's not make, low. Make sure you yeah. got oil, you know. <laughs> I'm glad you're I'm glad you're saying that because, that, like I said, there's a lot of huge crossover, and I'm going to be saying that a lot, right? You guys are going to hear me say this over and over and over again because they're, we have so to. Drive. What you're saying is they're going to hate the word yeah, crossover by the time we're right, done. Okay. Right. I should say, what, what's a little more PC? Marriage, civil union. Um, <laughs> I don't know. There, there is no love bad. is love. Anyways, love go is ahead. Love. There's, there's a huge love is love to this whole thing. Yeah, no, I like it. No, I think crossover is the most fitting. It, right? really, it truly is. So we're. I want to save the vehicle description for last because to me it's just so unique, man. It you're, is. It's the only one you're ever going to see you know in an Ultra I mean? Four race. I, it, short of in the parking lot. Right. You'll probably see one in the parking right. lot. Right. But what I want to, I kind of want to focus on on a, on. On you, okay? okay. When we're looking at the vehicle and why we're here, I mean, I'm coming along for the ride. You know, I'm I'm one of the Philcraft guys. We're one of we're a couple of the OGs in the beginning, but the reality is, is this isn't a Sequoia you went and purchased from the oh, used so car. You said it. You, you, know, you just told everybody. Oh what we're well, doing. I mean, I think I feel like yeah. They might know. It's it's but okay. at the same time, it's not like you just drove it off the lot. You know sure. what I mean? This has a lot. I've actually, I've seen what two, three variants over the last three, three years. Two. I two, think they two have variants? two generations. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And what what I want to say or focus on is the fact that you built this thing with your bare hands. So on a on a minor scale, yeah, no, you know, you're not in bolt check. Your your fluid levels, you know, your MPG, your range, all that stuff, right? That's a very basic thing. But when we're looking at survivability and a way to stack the deck in your favor, if you can make major repairs or have a fabricator uh, background or whatever, like that's one of the things that as we get into racing. So let's start there. Yeah. You know, you want to talk about me. I I, do. I have a fabricator background, not because I went to school for there it. There you go. Right. Not yep. because you, somebody else taught me. I have that because I wanted to learn and I learned and I taught myself. And how you did know, you do that? I bought a welder and I learned how to use there it. There you go. It's real simple, right? I bought uh, some uh, a mill and a lathe, which is machining pieces of machining equipment, because I wanted to know how to use it. Yeah. And I didn't buy the fanciest. I bought the used stuff that was the deal on Craigslist that I could afford, um, and then just had to figure out how to use it. Um, and it takes time. It's an investment. Yeah. Right. It's an investment in me and my capability. And at the end of the day. Um, I've always had this outlook that if somebody else can do it, why can't I? Exactly. Right? If somebody else can weld, why can't I? When NASA sent a man to the moon, they did not have fancy computer-controlled machining pieces of equipment. Everything was done by hand. There you go. Right? Now, the computer-controlled stuff is awesome because it makes it super... It's like high-speed precision. It's, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It, the precision's better but it's the time yeah right you with with cheaper older manual equipment you can do things that are awesome it just takes your time so if you want to put in the time to learn that's you can do is. some really cool stuff that's what it, and i want to encourage anybody who's interested in getting your foot in the door for mobility or setting up a platforms for survival or recreation you just got to get out there and do it i mean Absolutely. it really is what it is man we talk a lot about experience-based learning this is a huge lesson in that you know, we're going to go out there with a race that's got a 70% attrition rate. You built it. It passed tech. It passed it's, tech. it's got the ring. You're, yep. it's, you're, got the it's, a race, it's a race car. It's you know a race what I mean? Car. It's a freaking Sequoia race you know? car. <laughs> yep. So, so, so the race car. The um, race car. The race car. Please the tell ra- us about the race so car. So the race car is a, uh, a 2002 Toyota Sequoia. Um, it start, When I got it, it was a single mom with like, seven kids or whatever so nothing's changed yeah no, no no yeah 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 it's still you can still get seven of them in the back uh there's no seats anymore but they can fit um and <clears throat> it's just one of those things you you see them at the store you see them at yeah, school you see them around town but you don't think about them yeah right so when i we can back up when i first bought the car um i got it cheap uh, I was working in a job where i had to drive a lot and mm-hmm. it was cheaper than another set of tires for my truck 
So Dang. let's buy that. I'm going to drive it every day. I'm going to wear it out, whatever. Um, it was four wheel drive. Uh, and so I was like, you know what? Let me let me do a little because I can't leave anything alone. Right. So let's let's kind of put some better tires on it and a little bit of lift. That's and, where it began. You know, so, yeah. so it had, th- when I met madness. you with it, yes. it had um, uh, Total Chaos Mid Travel. I saw it in, in Texas. A- Arizona. Was it Arizona? Yep. The first time Count, was in Arizona. Countdown. Yes. And then yep. the second time was in Texas when we were yep. at Reveille. Peak. Yeah, yep. we drove it all the yeah. way to Texas. So it, it in both of those instances, it was still independent front suspension. Yeah. Um, and, and I would say for the money I spent on it, when it was all said and done, um, it was every bit as capable as your high dollar forerunner. Dang. You know, it was a V8, yeah. big frame, comfy inside, you know, plenty of strength to it, plenty of power. Yeah. The mileage wasn't great, but neither is a forerunner. I, it, and it's one of those vehicles that I feel like people on a budget could look at. Absolutely. Now, now the disadvantage is over the last year or so, whether it's my fault or not, I don't know. They've gotten popular. Like people figured out what they're capable of yeah. and have started, the price has gone up. Have they really? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. it's interesting because you know, just even out here today, I think I saw two people ask you why? Why is the Corvette? All the time. Why? I get it all yeah. the time. And right? what's the answer? So, so the answer is, uh, it was the vehicle I had. There you go. Right. It was the vehicle I had. I I wanted to. So so, well, let's let's talk about the evolution. Yeah. You know, so I had the Sequoia. I drove it every day. It's it's currently got two hundred something thousand miles on it on the motor, the Dude, transmission. Hold on, hold on. So you're telling me your Toyota Sequoia, the race car we're gonna drive, has two hundred plus thousand motor and trans and the rest of the vehicle. Yep. Yep. Nice. And and we're gonna go racing on it. Totally. Right. Totally right. We're gonna go racing on yes, it. Yes, we are. Um is it gonna be a powerhouse? No, it's not. Right? It's you know, we don't have a big high horsepower custom race engine but i don't think we need it i don't need you know it. i think if we can hold it together we'll yeah. be fine it's reliability right um clearly at two hundred twenty thousand miles right? well let's just hope we're not at the end of the reliability <laughs> stage let's let's hope we don't find where that motor's finally going to decide it's done <laughs> and we very well might we, we might may, we may be out in the desert you know trying to figure out how to keep warm for a yeah. few hours until people figure out where we are survival survival right and then and then we'll talk about starting a fire with nothing because we don't have we're matches gonna we're gonna need to add that yeah. little tinder and all that stuff to go. our yeah uh so the sequoia so as someone who can't leave anything alone and is a fabricator by passion right uh, not necessarily a career but by passion um i've always wanted to do a a solid axle swap on something and for those listening that don't understand right. what that may be um, a solid axle swap is when you take um a set of axles from a larger truck, say one ton Ford. A working truck. Or a something. working yeah. truck. Yeah, yeah. Something bigger. And, and basically what it is, is um, literally you draw a straight line between your two wheels mm. and that is your axle, right? So it's literally a, like the basic original suspension drivetrain. It is what's slash. under a Jeep. Jeeps have solid axles, right? Yeah. Um, all your passenger cars have A-arms. Right, your right. Toyotas and Toyota trucks have A arms. So it's as old as the wheel. When you think about it, you get two wheels and you put a Solid beam in between them. Correct. And that's what you got. That's it. There you go. So the advantage to that is, for the strength you get out of it, it's the cheapest way to go. Mm. You know, we've seen a lot of technology lately, mostly driven by the Ultra Four community, which is the unlimited class of what we're racing today, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, where they've been able to make the independent style front suspension like what a toyota has yeah um i say like because it's not the same but the concept of how it works is gotcha um and made it strong for the rocks and the abuse you put to it yeah the downside is that's not affordable Mm. that's not something someone can do in their garage unless they have an amazing skill set and awesome connections yeah Yeah. so vast majority of correct regular day citizens correct not an option correct so i was able to source um, a matching set of front and rear axles from a 2005 F250. Um, and and with that, we're going to put it under the truck. Yeah. Now, I made a bunch of changes to those axles. For the most part, they're, they're, they're original, mm-hmm. but there's things we added, things we cut off just to make it work. Yeah. Uh, packaging. Yeah. Um, so, so then it's, when you're building that rig, then you have to decide how you want to do the suspension. Mm. So... Your average pickup truck has leaf springs in the rear end. To work. Correct. Yeah. In the 70s and 80s, on the front end, they also had leaf springs. 
as technology progressed, they realized that leaf spring technology, which is what they had on horse and buggy, mm-hmm. isn't the best for ride quality. Right. So your manufacturers, Ford and Dodge and whoever, created coil springs and coil over shock technology, which just gives a better watt ride, gives better articulation, which is the left tire versus the right tire um, leaving the horizontal plane. Gotcha. Right. So now that, that angle they're allowed to deflect from horizontal. Um, and leaf springs are the most cost effective way to do what I was doing. Mm-hmm. The problem was they're also the least efficient way to do it mm-hmm. in terms of performance and, uh, and capability. Yeah. Um, they don't travel, have as much travel in they're them. They're good for work. They're good for work. The axles, uh, because it the leaf spring locates the axle itself. Gotcha. Under power, it's a spring, it moves, it flexes, it does funny stuff. So when I built the car, I looked at what an Ultra 4 car does. Mm-hmm. Or a 4500 class car like we're in now. What we're in now. Right. And what that capability looks like. And so being from Northern California, where I live near the Rubicon, and I live near Ford Ice Trails, yeah. building a pre-runner style truck wasn't an option. But building a rock crawler that I can drive across country is. So so you're literally building based on where you geographically live Correct. and what you're going to see. How I'm going to use and it. And how you're going to... There you go. Right. Purpose built Correct. for where you're at and right. how it's going to be used. Right. Gotcha. Okay. You know, and the and then so, so we designed... I say we, it was me. Um, I designed the suspension with the most capability to fit the package I had. Gotcha. You know. And that's and that's a huge point, right? So when you have, you know, people across the country, you know, East Coast or West Coast, things change drastically. You know, us us West Coasters or West Siders, things look a lot differently geographically and they our do. need changes. They do. So when, when we're going through all these things, I mean, understand, for those of you who are listening, um, you know, form and function are definitely, you know, top priority as we're looking at Absolutely. these things and where you are, you know, that's a huge consideration. And and when the vehicle had independent front suspension, it was a completely capable vehicle. Yeah. yeah. There was there was no doubt that it would go everywhere ninety five percent of mm-hmm. your listening audience mm-hmm. wants to take their vehicle. I'm just not that guy. Right. You know you want a little more. Right. A little, a little more. Right. Well it's like, you know, you want to get away from society. You're not going to do that in a stock vehicle because right. the rest of society also has a stock vehicle. Right. So now you need to up your capability yes. to go somewhere they can't. Yes. Right. So so if I could interject there, yeah. it's interesting. Um, there is a, a viral video of the fires recently, uh, this last year in 2020, that were happening in California. Yes. And yep. and that, the way... I know the one you're speaking of. That was right about, by us. Yep. Yeah. That was right and, near us. And what's interesting about the video is on the freeway... To the right and left, there was a grass berm, mm-hmm. a chain link fence, and then it, it appeared to be like a um, like a, a, a wash or some kind of a system that moved water off the freeway and out. But, you know, we're talking about a curve, which is what? Let's say six inches, eight six, inches? Six inches, probably. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. And if you had a, a subcompact car, like a Honda Civic or a Prius, one, you had to overcome the chain link fence, and then two, the little curb to get down, make your U-turn, essentially escape from the 100 mile per hour winds that were carrying fire, right? Correct, correct. And on a very minor level, when we talk about vehicles, that's what makes four wheel drive so important correct. because you get the curb. I mean, you, that's, you, that's you, at a minimal. And I have a slight different opinion of, of that viral video. Gotcha. You know, the reality is in that video, what you don't see, right? You see the cell phone video of the cars running away from the dramatic yeah. fire. Yeah. The reality was, it's like a four-lane highway mm. with dry grass on either side. Gotcha. There was no trees to fall on you. No. Grass burns quick. Yeah. The the what I think that video showed was panic. Yes. The reality is, if they would have sat in the middle of the freeway, it would have blown by them. Interesting. More than likely, they would have been fine. Interesting. Smoke would have been a concern. In that scenario, I think the better option would have been to stay on the road and continue forward that's interesting you say that because i i had no i mean i'm not from there i don't know the road that you're on so yeah i could totally see how you're saying that yeah it was on a freeway yeah so so even a small freeway still two lanes it was short grass you know you don't have big trees with big rolling hot fires it was a grass fire yeah it was at the end of the day it was a grass fire and and you're right it was sheer panic i mean there was oh yeah a dude on the floor what the heck was he doing right he's taking a nap right he was like passed out or something 
and it was just interesting and it's almost like they weren't even comfortable within their own vehicles you Correct. know what I mean like Correct. why would you get out like uh, I, I don't know yeah, I don't know it, it no, was all bad and that's it right and and the vehicle and I guess that goes to show because in that in that video there was trucks yeah there was trucks hopped the curb trucks it? pushed the fence over took no. care of business not and even really for them it was yeah, an event. They it just was a non-event and and fortunately for the cars who could still probably get over the curb and and bomb through the yeah. grass and everything else and do it um, but in reality they drove on to the dry grass that was then going to catch on fire, catch on fire. so in the long run they put themselves in harm way gotcha and and that's again monday morning quarterback my opinion what yeah, i yeah. saw yeah. of the area you know um and i wasn't there gotcha right so but I, we were talking about vehicle correct build correct so go ahead i'm sorry right. that no it's all good so <clears throat> so then then it became uh, about an eight month eight month process of building the sequoia to be a a rig that i could drive across country mm -hmm. which i did on several occasions mm -hmm. once it was done um it was built with a 40 inch diameter tire um, with 40s for 40s. those people to understand. There's four, a 40 four inch D's, tall. Yeah, 40s, big Fo tires. 40s, 40s, uh, big tires. Um, and what that does is it, it increases your your rolling diameter, so that six inch curb is a non-point. There you go. Right. So now an eight Not inch, a, a twelve inch, a twenty-four inch curb, it'll roll right over there it. There you go. Um, and it's that advantage. So it's yeah. where the advantage is. The disadvantage, it's heavy gas mileage suffers i didn't build it for gas mileage mm -hmm. so you know it's not a big problem so we're getting into performance based well, travel well everything is a give and take right there's mm -hmm. no perfect vehicle right you know you're a jeep guy you love mm -hmm. jeeps mm -hmm. it's not perfect the reality of them driving them on the road mm -hmm. man a toyota drives better 100 percent. it's quieter the handling's a little better but off-road the jeep's superior so that's that's the trade-off and what everyone has to figure out and what works for them gotcha right so i built a vehicle at the end of the day that my wife my daughter and our two dogs could get into I and like comfortably yeah. go hit hardcore rock crawling trails mm -hmm. and more or less live out of yeah. for two or three days. We and can do a long holiday weekend. We're good. We're comfy. There's plenty of room. Dude, I love exactly what you're saying. So when, when you're looking at when you're looking at vehicle selection or build or how you want to go, think of it like a spectrum, right? You go from four wheel drive, real basic, it'll maintain a lot of the factory parameters. You can get out and go do those things. And as the pendulum swings to performance, or more capability, you give and take and you mix and match and you lose and you gain. You right. know what I mean? Right. And that's really it. I mean, case in point. What's great about what you just said though is, you know, in terms of Fieldcraft survival and, and families this year, you know, we're talking about thriving, you know, mm -hmm. and, and when you're looking at these things, this vehicle is totally prepared for worst case scenario. But at its core, you're taking, you know, your little girl out with your dogs and your yeah. wife and, and you're having a good time enjoying a platform that is easily able to survive and do what you got to do on the back end correct yeah correct and even and you talk about taking your family out even before i use the vehicle for extended travel and extended stays mm -hmm. before the the initial build with 40s mm. right when it was still ifs um my daughter and i one day uh, on new year's new year's day i went you know, you're off for school for two weeks. Get in the car. Let's go. Yes. And, and impromptu got in the car and uh, went to Moab. Love and it. And we spent a couple days in Moab. We went to Silverton, Colorado. Went and visited oh, Mike man. when he lived in Durango. Yep. And just kind of yep. hung out and, and made a in road In this vehicle we're in today. In this vehicle we're yeah. in today when I had IFS and 33s. And we got to do some really cool stuff. Lived out of the rig for a couple days. That's so awesome. You know, kids, they're going to complain. That's not what you want to do, but it's life. But yeah, it was an yeah. experience. And to this day, my daughter still talks about it. 100%. And, and, and that will never go away. Ever. Ever. And that at that time, that was the absolute budget of the build. I think I was probably four grand into the whole vehicle. I'm so glad you said that. You know, because th that's really that's really on the other end. I mean, we're doing high-speed stuff. You're seeing these things. Correct. You're seeing 40s. You know, these tires are super expensive. I even think, you know, even me who's driving something that's brand new, mm -hmm. I, I do get a lot of people like, well, you know, not everybody can afford that. Right. Or it must be nice. It must right. be nice to drive $100,000. It must be nice. No, I, I hear, I hear what I'll you're let saying. you know when I yeah. do. <laughs> <laughs> but when you're looking at it, if, if you're listening to this or you're trying to get an idea or get your bearing straight, you don't have to spend a ton of money. You're talking about $4,000. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. My initial investment in the vehicle was I like somewhere around 2,500 bucks. And then wow. I kind of, I kind of was able to find some budget friendly options to 
do a leveling kit and get a little bit bigger tire little on bit it. A little, 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 little bit more. Yeah. And then and then it's like, you know, what can I do? Okay, that works. And then it's the next step. How do I make this version of it yeah. better? And then you're buying coilovers and control arms because then it becomes a reliability issue because the cheaper option in your suspension typically isn't going to be the reliable one. Mm. Now, that doesn't mean the most expensive one is the best. Mm-hmm. It just means the very cheapest one is probably cheaper for a reason. Yeah. You know, Um, and so as you start working things, you'll find those weak links. And if you're up on your maintenance on your vehicle, you'll find what's going to fail. Yeah. Uh, With the cheaper leveling kit that was on it, um, the ball joints, which is basically what holds your wheel on Mm -hmm. uh, without going deep into the weeds. Mm -hmm. uh, Ball joint fills, your wheel falls off. (laughs) Right. Right. So the cheaper suspension overextended those ball joints past where they were designed to go so it started denting and bending them which meant eventually they were going to fail breakage yeah. you know because you're Fair. you're stressing apart beyond its design limit so that's when i got some upgraded parts from total chaos and and, and eliminated that weak link mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know and then it was just a matter of finding the axles i wanted to use and and going to where we were a short two months ago absolutely a rig that I wheeled for about a year and a half, yeah. year and eight months, give yeah. or take. Uh, family rig, everything else on 40s. So I, right? I love that you said that two months ago. Two months ago. <laughs> because we're, we're looking right now, and we have a race day in three days? What are we, today's oh, Monday? Oh, man. Today's Monday, so Friday is four days. Four days. And quite literally, you and I had kind of talked over this. Joked. And jo- yeah, really. Joked. 2022, like, hey, right? Like, hey, someday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, someday I'm going to do this. And we had a soft deadline. Up. You had a soft deadline. You're like, hey, if I do it in 22, you want to go with me? And I was like, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 22. And then what happened? So so the original plan for the So when I built the Sequoia, I built it to be unlike any Sequoia that's ever been built. Mm. Well, that didn't take a whole lot because there's only been a handful of them is built. This, is this stereotypical? typical of me a little oh, bit oh, yeah my, yeah my, that, that's okay sorry. because then i'm the guy with the microbrew <laughs> so why guy microbrew i'm sorry Go yeah ahead. it happens it, it's all good you still have a sweatshirt on <laughs> so uh so i i built a sequoia with the intent of being i guess the gnarliest sequoia that has ever yeah. been built and 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 it was yeah. and there wasn't a whole lot like it there was a yeah, handful there was of like it, dude. there was a handful of guys that had built them but with the cheaper options with leaf spring suspension or or maybe not or maybe doing leaf springs in the rear so and and so i went above and beyond yeah and that took a lot of extra work so at the end of the day i understand why they did that because it was way easier yeah um mine i think probably worked better that doesn't gotcha. mean they had less fun gotcha. or they were ultimately less capable. Yeah, yeah. It was just the level at which it worked and Absolutely. performed. So <clears throat> so two months ago. No, hold on. We're not there oh, yet. Oh, my bad. My bad. We're not there yet. So 2022 was the goal because the next evolution of the Sequoia was going to be big horsepower. Oh, I see. Right? Yes. So, yes. So I had committed. I had bought a Chevy LS motor, which is a V8, mm-hmm. um, capable of a lot of power. Hey, and don't, just, don't you have... A V8 for Glover sitting somewhere. I too. do. I okay, do. I don't think we can talk about that. I Sorry, know. Yeah, bad. yeah. No, we have it all. It's sitting on Just a shelf kidding. in somebody else's yeah. shop. And I have to hear that my buddy's motor is in their shop all the time. So, but that guy's not going to listen either. So we're good. So, we originally for 2021 the plan was Chevy LS motor, big power turbos. You know, yeah, and then in 22, we'll do the Get race, we'll do the race car thing in 22. Um, and then you know, like most people, excuse me, sorry, barp, sorry, burp under the mic, that was so super good. professional. Super. You know what? You're no longer the host, you've been demoted to co host. Hey, I'm look, look at me, look at me, I am the host <laughs> now. So, um, so one night, uh, as most people can probably relate at like 2 a.m. You wake up and your brain's like, hey, man, let's think about stuff. Yeah. You know, and and what I was thinking about was like, are you eating all my donuts? <laughs> For those listening, Addison is a fat bastard. who's just eating all my donuts. Hey, he pencils it down. Oh, yeah. Rob's got some, too. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Um, Dude, uh, to, be, to be fair, somebody else left those here. I don't know how old they are oh. or how, where they came from. There's white powder ones, too. Uh, I yeah, bet. yeah, yeah. 
So so I woke up at 2 a.m. and and I'm just thinking about life, the meaning of life, what I'm going to do with life, 2020, 2021, 2 a.m. Right? Because nobody actually wants to sleep at 2 a.m. No, it's time to be awake. So so what um, the realization or uh, the feeling I had was that hammers, King of the Hammers, needed to happen this year. So 2021. Yeah, yeah. Now, the problem is um, that was in November. Mm. King of the Hammers happens in February. Mm-hmm. So um, it took a few weeks for me to summon the courage to tell my wife. Right. Because we, off. well, not sign off, but we'd had some agreements. The Toyota Sequoia had taken a bunch of time building it, and I'd put oh, off some projects mm. around the house, and promises were mm. made. <laughs> and and it's one of those things where, fortunately enough, I was passionate enough and believed that this was just something I had to do, yeah. um, that she was on board. Cool. And, and if it wasn't for her being on board, uh, we wouldn't be doing this podcast. Because there's just, you know. So let's caveat that. Yeah. Guys. You got to get permission, or you or have to be you have to be on an even playing field. There you field, go, right? There has to be uh, an understood, uh, an understanding. Yeah, an understanding. There you go. Yes, now, sir. now for the next two or three months, I probably don't get to look at the Sequoia. That's what It'll is. probably stay on the trailer and go where you I park. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't get. To, I do. I have a race car. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so um, I made this ridiculous decision to make a Toyota Sequoia that was never built to be a race car yeah. into a race car. Do you think that the current environment had anything to do with that? Did it push you over the edge Uh, of what's going on? I wouldn't say it pushed me over the edge, but I think what it did is it kind of got me to a point of... Uh, everyone was kind of floating through 2020, yeah. waiting for something to happen, waiting for the big change, waiting for when this is over. Yeah. And, I, and I think the realization I had the other day talking to somebody else was that... Um, it's kind of like making your own luck. Mm. I'm going to make my own change, right? I'm going to make 2021 like my year or my whatever, you know, new year, new me bullshit. I'm just going to do it because I want to do it. Right. You know, I'm I'm not going to wait for something to happen in 2021. That'll preach. What? That'll preach, man. I'm going to do it. Yeah, so I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it. Right? And, right. and fortunately enough, I have some good friends that are supporting me in this deal. You co-driving. You know, our good buddy Mike Glover decided to, to jump in in the eleventh hour and support this effort. <laughs> and man, that has changed everything. How, it's changed how I'm doing yeah. it, right? I went from uh, and 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 good and bad. Yeah. Because I went from I'm just going to use whatever used tires I can buy on Craigslist and whatever used wheels. Yeah. And right. Yeah. And now that I have the support of people behind me. I now have to buy new tires, yeah. and I have to buy another set of beadlock wheels, and yeah. and I have to do it on a better level. Right. Um, with that came a little bit of pressure, but at the same time, it kicked me in the ass because it's really easy to get in the last week of this thing and go, mm. "Oh fuck it, I'm done." Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, you know what? It's fine. It's but if I do that now, not only am I letting me down. But then the people who are backing me up to this point, mm-hmm. and then I got to explain to them why mm-hmm. why it didn't work. And so there's some accountability there. So there, it yeah. gave me accountability, yeah. which was good, yeah. and, it, and it pushed me to build a better race car with mm. better parts. Yeah, you know, instead no, of shortcutting. That, absolutely, and that you know, I've I've known you a while now. Four years. Like in the biblical sense. I know. Oh well, I mean, kind of. <laughs> you're you're sleeping in my spare bedroom, technically. <laughs> But uh, I mean, the point being is, you know, I've I've been with you a long time. I've known you. I feel like I know you, you know, well. I, I think it's safe to say that. And, and I mean, as good as any of your other it, internet friends. There you go. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, Instagrams are life. Mm-hmm. But um, the, the the point though, everything's real right, on the internet <laughs> is I I really I really admire you. I mean, on on a real level, like to be transparent. No, I appreciate um, that. I'm not and, crying. You're crying. Um, yeah. I'm, I might I might <laughs> you might see that on my second. Crafts Rebel podcast. Just start crying, start breaking down. It's fine. It's fine. I almost cried the other day with the but, t-shirts. Okay, yeah, I get it. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's it's to see the progression of it over the years. You know, to kind of be in this space to where you're like, you know, in November or December, hey, let's go do this. You know, your commitment, and to know, like, we keep talking about, you know, Phil Crafts Rivals is a huge partner for me and you. Uh, but the reality is, again, to circle back around is, you know, this is the every man's challenge. That's why it's correct called that. You know correct. what I mean? And and to say that to 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 case in point, say, 
you know, you can do it too. If if you're watching this, yeah. if you want to get into mobility, you yeah. can do it too. I don't. Know. I don't have a big fancy workshop. I don't have employees building the car for me. I don't have the money to pay somebody else mm-hmm. to build the car for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have money to build the car for myself. I hear you. I didn't have the money for parts. You were you saying know? when it was you couldn't open the doors all the way. What, yeah. That so so I didn't even build this in my garage. I I legit built this in my driveway. In driveway. Um, the go. fact that the neighbors didn't call like the county on me. Or, you know, I live in a regular <laughs> neighborhood, right? I'm not on acres, right? I have I have uh, a pretty good, good size. I, well. I don't know how good they are, but I'm gone for two weeks. There so if go. they have yeah, a complaint, yeah. it's not a problem. Uh, so, so I have a pretty, pretty long driveway. Not to brag about it, uh, it's for it's, it's not it's it's, it's narrow. It's narrow though. It's, it's longer it, than average. It's longer than average, <laughs> right? Width is about average, and and so uh, and I also have this problem with vehicles, so I can't ever let anything go. Right, right. So unfortunately, the Sequoia, as I'm building it into a race car, didn't even have the whole the whole two car driveway. It only had one section of it. So uh, ultimately, I was never to open like you know you, I couldn't open the door all the way. I could open enough to get in and out. But you couldn't just open the thing all the way and have plenty of working room. Um, I didn't really have help self-reliance building yeah. it. Yeah, I had a buddy of mine come over and help me check some stuff. I didn't help you build it. I right. was in Arizona. Right. Yeah. Yeah. My, yeah. Most people's co-drivers are at least involved. Right. Not 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 mine. <laughs> mine didn't even show up to start pre-running until today. Um, so, but yeah. So so I did it by myself, which is fine. I didn't I didn't commit to doing this or sign up to doing this based on who is going to help me. Right. So it is what it is. It is what it is, man. You know, the advantage of doing it in my driveway is that uh, when the sun goes down, I basically have to stop. Yeah. So I wasn't working through all hours of the night. Yeah. I can still get sleep. I can yeah. still go to work for my business, for myself as a as self-employed human mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and try and make things work. Um, still take my daughter to swim practice, all that stuff. Yes. Um, so it's it's been an experience. Um, with that said like we talked about with your significant other me spending time doing this put a lot of stress on my wife Mm -hmm. just saying yeah you know dedicating more of her income to paying bills because i'm working less trying to get Mm. this done dedicating more time yeah dedicating more time to getting our daughter to and from the sports events Mm -hmm. that she needs to do that i normally take care of um even to coming down here you know we're a nine hour drive she had to drive a truck towing a trailer with the car on it because I had to drive a different truck towing the trailer so for you us brought, to live in. you brought two trucks. Two trucks. You have two trucks. Two trucks, two trailers. One's towing the, the car. Sequoia, the yep. race car. The race car. And the other one's towing the trailer that we're in right now. Right, correct. Towing, so towing our home for the next two weeks. she not only signed off on everything, yep. but she's working, Working her driving. ass off. Working her ass off because at the end of the day, I didn't have to deal with whatever our mm. food loadout looked like. Mm. I didn't have to deal with, you know, any of that stuff. Mm. You know, all I had to do was build a car, load everything on a trailer, mm. and drive my half down here. She's kind of, you know, kind of she's got it figured out. She's kind of a badass. Yeah, no, it's awesome. And and yeah. she she's a wheeler in her own right. There you go. Right. She's, so where does she, she drive? Oh, she's your people, man. Hey. She's got a she's got a, a JLU, so she's got a four door Jeep JL. And uh, to, we'll caveat to her for a minute. She took that Jeep with paper license plates. Not even not didn't even have Brand real plates yet. Brand new um, off the dealership lot. Well, yeah, kind of, because I can't leave anything alone. Yeah. So within a few days, it had 37s and a Thank small you. lift on it. And she went from the beginning of Rubicon all the way to the end out in Tahoe. First time wheeling that Jeep, first time wheeling anything, mm. and she crushed it. It's awesome. So so it's... and, and In I, a good way, not, not, no, not yeah. destroyed it. She, yeah. she, she, well, I mean, it's well used. There you go. Yeah, the body panels are good, but like underneath, you could tell that thing that thing's a trooper. Jeep. Yeah, cool. yeah, and, and it just works. Cool. So, so two months, you make the decision. Two months. You get the support from wifey. I get the support from wifey, and I start doing this thing, and um, I don't think I realized how much finite detail there was in the rule book. Mm. And I've, you know, and it's, fortunately, it's a searchable PDF, the rule book. You just go on so that. I was able to search for the specific things I had questions about. Yeah. Uh, and as well as read class stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and, yeah, so in two months, long story short, we got it done. Nice. We got nice. done. Yeah, down to the wire. I mean, I worked on it down here before I went well, to tech. Well, we still, we still have a couple of non-essential things that we need well, to go. Well, yeah. Kind of so essential. we have some industry, some industry sponsors mm-hmm. that jumped in and gave mm-hmm. us some products. So we still got some product to install that just showed up today. Yep. Uh, that are going to take custom fabrication to get them to fit, but right. we'll do it. Right. You Absolutely. Know? Yeah. No, I love the story. You know, for me, um, we kind of had our own little 
obstacle, maybe you could say. A couple obstacles. Well, you had a baby. Well, yeah. Yeah, you right. know. No, no and then you got deal. sick. NBD. You know, it's my 10th yeah. kid, so it's not, not a big deal. Well, it's, your, it's the 10th kid through the home. It's the, it's my third. It's the third newborn. There you go. Right, right. <laughs> you got you to, and, and I feel like you need to clarify that. I do. You, I people always are going to look at you like, your wife had 10 kids? Jeez. Yeah, like, what right? That's amazing. No, yeah, so, I mean, some of you guys know I'm in behavioral health, and I deal a lot with wards of the state, and I and I have seven foster sons, and I'm very proud of that, so I say it every chance I can, but that's that's really what it is, but... I appreciate you take ownership of the seven foster children that you raised, and you still call them your own. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, But wifey and I, you know, we planned our third child in our little, you know, life plan, life goals, and it was prior to COVID-19's lockdown and... You know, we had actually uh, figured out that we were pregnant, and then I want to say it was probably like two weeks after COVID-19 shut everything down. Yeah. So we're like, crap, how are we going to manage this? But we just did. We made a decision. Right. You made you it know, work. We made it work, and then I actually got sick. You actually got COVID-19. <laughs> I actually got COVID. <laughs> Wait, do we say that? Because now you're yeah, on the yeah. list. No, it's fake. It doesn't exist. Well, no, yeah, you're yeah. already on the list because oh, you bad. have the test. My you're bad. good. Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> so I got sick. Then I got... Then I got uh, pneumonia. Wait, after. how are you still alive? I know, right? Okay. It's it didn't kill you. It's the corona. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so I got sick. Then I got complications afterwards, which is pneumonia. And, and that now you had asthma pretty much your whole I've life. I've had right? asthma my entire so life. So breathing problems have been yep. prevalent for you. Yep. So I'm okay. I'm actually like high risk because of the asthma. Okay. But this was all as you're saying, hey, you want to do this with me? And I'm like, yeah. No, oh, this was yeah. all after you committed. That's true, though. Because I'll tell you, we in, I was freaking out. Did you? I mean, we were doing those Zoom meetings, and I was like walking dead. I don't know if you. I didn't I say terrible. anything. I looked terrible, right? Because I mean, I. I mean, you don't look that good to begin with. But you. I mean, you, let's be honest. You were looking much paler, bro. After one of those meetings, you call me you're like, bro, you look like shit. Are you okay? And I'm like, well. I was okay until you called me and told me. Like, you hurt my feelings, <laughs> but other than that, I'm fine. My mom says I look okay. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, that's really part of the whole thing that we're talking I mean, I, I didn't know. I'm scrambling, and then after, so we overcome it. It took me two weeks uh, to, to get well-ish, you know, obviously in a place where I'm not infecting everybody. But then there is a couple of hoops you got to jump through here, like that big sign we saw. Right. Well, what does it right. say? Uh, it, this it, is a COVID-free zone. If you got COVID, you, you didn't, get, didn't get it here. <laughs> And, and that's fair because right. ultimately, at the end of the day, uh, to come into what I call Hammertown proper, mm-hmm. that's where the vendors are, mm-hmm. it's where our pit space is, it's where the start-finish line is, mm-hmm. you have to have gone through a COVID test. Yep. And they had options, self-administered, yep. they'll do it at the gate or whatever. Um, or, or you had to show that you have the antibodies, yes. right? So that you had it, yes. you no longer have it, you're good. Right. Um, now, if you wanted to come spectate and you stayed outside of the perimeter of Hammertown proper, you do not have to COVID test. But to drive your vehicle through the gate you to have, get yeah. there, mm-hmm. they're taking temperatures. They have temperature and then you need your proof. No, no, just for the only if you're coming in. Gotcha. So, so basically, everyone that comes through that gate at the very minimum has has been has had a a rough temperature screen. Gotcha. Right. Gotcha. So, and then and then I'm not really going outside the gate other than when I'm in the race car. So I'm yeah. not really worried because anyone that comes inside the gate has a negative test. You know, it is what it is, man. I, and even I if I get it, yeah. I probably got it at the gas station on the you way You know here. what I mean? So. It is what it is. You know, you shake hands with Austin all the time. So I did. I did. If all I got from him was COVID, I'm winning. He's a giver. He's, He's a, giver. a giver. That's what I hear. <laughs> but, you know, for me, like, you know, when, when you have COVID or whatever to kind of close this portion of it, uh, I had to get the antibody testing because I would actually pop positive. So what's that like? It's, it's really just a blood draw. You okay, just so they just do a yeah, blood draw, and yeah. you're okay. And then, and then the way it reads is uh, antibodies positive. So if you don't know how to read it, you're like, oh, you have COVID nineteen. No, I have antibodies. antibodies because I don't know what the time frame. Where my wife's medical, she told me you will test positive after yeah. for an amount of time. Yeah, so you have the antibodies, antibodies, which means you're through it, but you still have the cells in your brain that they poke with the Q-tip, so you you'll go. still test positive yeah. for it. So, yeah. so it tells me it's all relative to the test you get. One hundred percent. Okay. So to kind of close it up, because you know me and you, we're we're long-winded, bro. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. Could just, we could just do this all day and that's okay it's beautiful that's the guy uh, that's his problem <laughs> what are we expecting so um man my expectations from this point forward are that uh we're gonna see a green flag which means we get to start so 
you back up. I had I built a race car in two months, mm-hmm. and then I brought it out here, and they put the tech band on it, which means everything I built is per their specification. Yep. Pass. That is huge. One right. I'm I'm good with that. Mm-hmm. Right. So then we went pre-running and shock tuning and 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 put some uh, effort on the car. Yeah. And it held together. Um, and so we're gonna go. We're gonna go start the race. There we go. Now the race has a seventy percent attrition rate, mm-hmm. which means of the hundred people that are starting with by us, the math. by the math, the hundred people that start with us, seventy of them are gonna be Damn. dead on course somewhere. The car, not the human. The right. humans will probably right. be fine. Car probably won't. The make most it. difficult race in the world. One day race. Seventy percent. hundred percent. Yep. So so that means that we're st- and and we didn't run qualifying, which means we're starting. Wherever they, wherever they put us, On because purpose. I didn't want to risk the car. Right. So we're going to be somewhere in the 90s. Okay. You know, that means 90 plus people are ahead back. of us. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. But if there's 90 people ahead of us and only 30 people are going to finish, it's a potential for 60 people ahead of us. Dang. Right. We have a potential for 30th place. Wow. Just if we can finish. But, but that's it. That's it, though. Like, right. that's the goal. Right. Let's and finish. I'm not one for participation trophies, I'm but I'm totally good with a finisher ribbon. 100%. So, 100%. yeah, we'll see where it goes. So, we'll kind of end here. I, I feel like we've discussed everything. Unless, unless, unless Austin, unless Austin or Rob wants to share anyone? more. No. He's a giver. He is a giver. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I really think that's that's appropriate. We, we got, you know, real goals set. We got an yeah. appropriate expectation. We're working hard. We're pre-running. Yeah. The car's in good shape. We got a couple things to dial yeah. up. And uh, I think if they let us back here on this podcast, we'll be able to. Well, this is like three podcasts. They're going to edit this up and like spread it out. Yeah, it's going to be a month and a half before they hear their follow up. Right. So we'll stop it here and just remember Fieldcraft Survival Tribe to stay alert. Stay alive.